Hello everyone and welcome to Roll Out the Barrel, the show uh, hosted by two UK fans of the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, say hi to everyone in, in the UK and Europe and across the pond in the US. Um, hope you're all keeping well in these troubled times. A very, very busy week in baseball. We're going to get through in a minute. I'm Sean, you can find me on Twitter at Haters Hair. And of course with me is my erstwhile companion, Mr UK Brew Crew himself, Mark Lewis. How are you, Mark? I'm very well, thank you, mate. It's uh, it's been a very busy week, hasn't it? With, uh, it with has. baseball returning and and all of the ups and downs, so uh, got a lot to look forward to, a lot to talk about. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting week, isn't it? <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, I mean, we've got thankfully we've got some baseball to talk about. Not too much, unfortunately, at the moment. We've also got a fair bit to talk about around the baseball, uh, what's happening in the baseball world with COVID and this kind of thing. So there's definitely a lot to talk about. Unfortunately, you know, not as much baseball as we'd like, but we've got six games that we can talk through and we're going to have a little uh, talk through that in a second. So, yeah, so a bit of an agenda for today. We're going to um, we're going to have a chat as well about Locaine and, uh, and COVID and Brewers Twitter at the moment going a bit mad about that. Most people obviously fully in support of what he's uh, what, what he's decided to do to protect him and his family. We'll have a quick chat about that. Um, we'll talk about the Marlins and the cards. <laughs> and um, the way that, I don't know, at the moment it certainly feels like they've been the naughty boys of the MLB at the moment. But we'll have a quick, quick chat about that. We're going to talk about the two series so far. The highs and lows and what we've seen, what's impressed us and maybe what hasn't impressed us so much. A bit more Brewers through the ages, top trumps, of course. This could be the week that I get some runs on the board, you never know. Also talk about the, the Fantasy League. So we've got the inaugural UK-US Brewers Fantasy League, which has been ongoing for the last week or so. And then um, something that you tweeted about, Mark, regarding the bucket list, um, what constitutes a great day out at Miller and the things that me and you need to tick off our list before we shake off this mortal coil, as Shakespeare once said. <laughs> yeah, so it's basically a, a new thing. We'll try and add a few things in periodically as we go down down the line, I think. Um, we can then plan our itinerary for when we uh, finally get over to uh, Milwaukee. Sounds like a plan, mate. Absolutely. Okay, so let's go straight into it then. So, Locaine, he decided a few nights ago, uh, we're recording this on the on the Sunday, the 2nd of August, uh, he decided um, a couple of nights ago that he was going to pull out of the MLB 2020 season. Lots of emotion around this decision. He's, he's a father of three young children, isn't he? And he's clearly, he's clearly putting his family, as everyone would and should, before baseball. It's a tough thing for Brewers fans to hear because... He is without doubt one of the most liked players at the club. He's he's just come off the back of a Gold Gloves um, season with us. You know he's in, he's in the third year of a five-year contract. So as we go into 2021, he's only going to have two years left on that contract. So we want to see him play as much as possible. But without doubt, Mark, he's making the right decision for himself and his family. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You have to respect his decision, don't you? A hundred percent. And I, as soon as I heard the news last night, I uh, I tweeted that, that exact thing. Hundred percent behind you, Locaine. You know, you you have to put your health and your family first. Um, and it's it's a big decision that he's made. Um, I had a managed to find some detail around his sort of contract for this year, and I think like pre-COVID times, he was due to get $16 million this year. Um, and with the pro rata of the actual league and that, he was still due to get kind of just under $6 million. So, you know, it's a big decision that he's had to make because he's pretty much foregoing $6 million to put his health and his life as a priority. So, you know, it's mm. it's not just a, a cut and dry, is it? You know, you can't just say, uh, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Um, $6 million is, is a lot of money, you know. And, and of course. Well, you know, if we earn six million dollars this year, we could probably retire for the rest of our career, for the rest of our life, couldn't we? So, you know, um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I totally respect his decision. Yeah, you know, he's got a young family. Um, he doesn't want to put them in in danger, and and I think part of it comes down to, and we'll probably talk a little bit further down the line uh, about the Marlins and the Cardinals. I think he felt happy that what they were doing in Milwaukee was keeping people safe. But I think he's realised that actually from the outside, that the part that he can't control, he can't guarantee it. So he's taken that that decision. So, you know, I think it seems like Milwaukee have been doing everything they can to keep everybody safe. But, you know, when you're, you've got other teams that are coming and going, you can't monitor their, their situation 24 hours a day. You know, you do increase that risk, don't you? So, uh, yeah, so fully support him. Um, wish him well. Hopefully get to see him back in 2021 and 2022. Full Golden Glove. Um, he 
hitting well. You know, I, to be perfectly honest, I, I love the guy. I think he's brilliant. Uh, oh. I just love seeing his smile around on the diamond. You know, he seems to enjoy playing baseball. You know, yeah. that's the sort of person we want to see on the field, isn't it? Without doubt. He strikes me as the kind of player who you'd have in your team anyway, just because he's got a dynamic and an energy and a positivity. The, uh, you know, obviously an experienced player as well, but that and the fact that he's actually very good. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> um, just yeah. Help things, but yeah, I mean, all Brewers fans are absolutely gutted about that. And we can have a chat in a sec about, I suppose, what other opportunities that opens up for, for other players in that position. But it's interesting um, that you spoke then about the um, the financial impact um, that clearly he's, he's going to suffer. I mean, there's, there's, there's a couple of nuances in this whole COVID thing, really. So when a player elects not to play, such as such as Low Kane has done on this occasion, they get placed onto this restricted list, which frees a space into the 40-man roster which obviously we can now backfill. But when you're placed onto that list, when you make that decision yourself, you do not get salary and you do not accrue service time either. So that's a it's a big hit financially. And that's different to an opt-out. So players who are deemed to be susceptible to COVID and who may potentially have underlying health conditions, maybe diabetes and things like that, they get the option to opt out because they are in a higher risk category. And for those guys, they do earn service time and pro rata salary as well. So there's a little nuance, but obviously he's not in the opt out. He is elected not to play. And even though the club, CC, David Stearns and 99.9% of all sane Brewers fans completely understand, by actually you know electing himself not to play, um, he takes that financial hit. I know that he, he spoke to Craig Cancel first uh, about this decision. He had a one-to-one with him and then spoke to our GM, David Stearns, after that. And I know David Stearns has been very vocal on uh, in the media about the support of the club, how, you know, Locaine is a massive, massive element of the club. They totally support his decision and they're looking forward to having at least two more seasons out of him starting from next year. So just great to see them, as we expected, but just great to see them coming out and um, very visually uh, supporting the player, having made a very, very tough decision. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, on the positive side, so, I mean, Lowe-Kane's made that decision and, and the very best uh, to him for the rest of this year, certainly. You know, on the positive side, it does give some further opportunities to other players. The I think the obvious person who will slot into that centre field position, you think would be Ben Gamble now. Yeah, um, yeah, we think who so. Started the, yeah, who started the season well anyway. You could argue he hasn't got the same glove as Lowe-Kane, but still a solid, solid player. He will be our first choice in centre, you'd think, now, yeah? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it also helps, like you say, he's had a really good start to the season, has been hitting well. So, um, yeah, you know, it's it's a, a good bat to bring into the lineup as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th- there's two other options on the on the 40-man roster, Um the, uh, the more minor players, if you like. So we've got Tor- Tyrone Taylor and Corey Ray. So there's, you know, there's there's some options. That we, might, we might see those guys getting some game time now, which, again, is a bit of a positive spin. There's also Keon Broxton, but he's not in the 40-man um, roster. I think he's in the 60-man taxi yeah. squad. So, again, got some options there, but certainly Ben Gamble's going to be... Uh, going to be playing a lot of baseball for us this year we hope we hope yes yeah. <laughs> well i mean who knows you know we, we've we've seen this week haven't we how quickly things can change we get a couple of people that test positive and they've got to come out of the squads and you know mm. then you have to replace those people if we're going to continue to play games so um <laughs> there, there is a big chance that the, the 30 people that are in the roster at the end of the season are very different to the 30 people that started and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll lead into that now. I mean, there's no base, there's no Brewers baseball. Me, you, and many, many other people have been lamenting this over Twitter. Didn't quite know what to do with myself the weekend. I was all geared up for that 10 past 7 p.m. start against the Cards yep. on Friday. Um, and then when the news came out that there was um, a COVID outbreak and there was going to be a postponement, I think our hearts sank. So we'll have a quick chat about that. Before we do, I noticed on Twitter that one of our one of our good Brewer friends on Twitter, Josie Mars, she she posted um, a poll about how long do people think it will be before a potential MLB shutdown this year. It's polled over 120 votes, so a decent sample size of Brewers fans here, I think. 40% are saying between now and the next six days, which is quite damning. 42% between one and four weeks, which was kind of where I voted. Uh, 5% are saying greater than a month, and 13% think it will be completed. And I know, I know that you've always thought up until now, Mark, that there's a high possibility of completing the season for all the financial things, you know, reasons that we spoke about. With this COVID outbreak as it is at the moment, 
So what are your thoughts uh, on how the season is going to pan out from here, mate? Well, I think if we have another couple of outbreaks like we've had this week, I, there will be a severe doubt on the um, on the season. Um, I think hopefully this has just been a bit of an eye opener and people have to realise that they've got to take it seriously. But um, yeah, we can't afford to just keep postponing games. I mean, the Marlins have played three games, whereas the the other team, some other teams have played eight. Um, and there's, I mean, as we found out, we've we've got what two days off between now and the end of the season so where do you fit those games in so there's a there's a real issue now of, of scheduling it seems to be and I, I really don't want to badmouth anyone it just seems to me that there is a proportion of society that do not wish to take covid seriously and that they are just going to continue to do what they're going to do regardless and yeah. because of that there are people that are suffering because they're having to lock down do whatever stay away it's just becoming a, a farce really isn't it you know yeah. we've, we've proven with the premier league that if you do it right you can get the season done yeah. i think mlb it feels to me like a little little microcosm of society at the moment you've got those that are trying yeah. And uh, and also and people and some of these players, I mean Tick Locaine, for instance, they're genuinely frightened. Yeah. You know, he hasn't made that decision lightly. He's genuinely frightened, and you could argue it's because of some of the other players in the MLB has cost him his six million dollars. I mean, yeah. we're talking specifically about the Marlins and we're talking about the Cardinals. And I know people think we've got an axe going against the Cards. We haven't. This is just what what's happened. There's lots of media reports of them out in casinos and bars and clubs and just generally living the high life. And during a COVID outbreak, certainly one which is threatening the season, just yeah. feels ridiculously unprofessional to me. And, you know, people like Rob Manfred, he gets a lot of grief on Twitter, and probably rightly so. <laughs> but in this instance, he's not a babysitter. These are grown men that make their exactly, own decisions. Yeah. What on earth can the commissioner of MLB do if someone decides to get in a car, drive out and go clubbing? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. We're recording this on Sunday. We've had news through, it's gone through overnight for us, uh, that the whole of the, the weekend's been cancelled. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the right thing to do to postpone it, but it's, it's now how do we make up those three fixtures? Because we've only got two off days. So. And, this is, and this is the big question now, isn't it? Um, yeah. Obviously, the, the answer is going to be, I would suggest, to play more doubleheaders. Yeah. I don't really see, see either that or extend the season out further, but it doesn't feel plausible, really, to push it out. Um, no. any further which means the only viable option seems to be to play more double headers the big talking point with that is that the double header games are going to be um well doing what they've been doing in college ball and in uh, minor league ball for a while i believe the double headers is to play a seven innings game or certainly to get that runner on second base after the second innings yeah seventh innings that's basically what i play at single a level in the uk two <laughs> double header games of seven innings um yeah and by doing that you now make it even more of an asterisk of a season don't you um, I think I saw um, Mike UK Cubs guy questioned I think it was in a, an MLB UK chat that I'm in um, he asked if they only played a seven inning, seven inning game and a pitcher through a, a, a no hitter does that count as a no hitter because it's only seven innings not nine innings you know so you're you're just putting more and more asterisks on the season aren't you yeah, that's the thing for me. I mean, I can cope with the changes this season. I could cope with, you know, we've said before, sixty um, a 60-game season. If you win that, you are, you know, yes, you are the World Series champions. And, we, you know, everyone, well, we've certainly bought into that. But now when you reduce it further to a seven-innings game, it's starting to feel like, I don't know, at what point do you just have to say stop? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Point, you know, what point do we have? I don't know what that point is. I really hope we don't get there. But yeah, I think if you win the an abridged season, which had a which had abridged innings as well, mm-hmm. it just starts to feel like it wasn't baseball. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling with it a little bit, but I do understand time wise, it's important. I, I'm not sure whether I'd rather see less games played, but all over yeah. nine innings. I think that yeah. might be a better option. But I mean, the last time. There were two games in a, um, a, a double header of seven innings or less. You have to go right back to 1912 when the Red Sox played the Indians in Cleveland. That was the last time there was two games on a day of seven innings or less. So we're looking so, at over 100 years. Yeah. Well, over 100 uh, years. Yeah. 100 years. Um, and, and I think, you know, Mike's comment was actually quite good, wasn't it? Yeah. Where do we stand on the no hitter? Well, it's a, it's a seven innings game and he wasn't hit. So it's a no hitter. It can't be deemed a perfect game, surely. 
Nah, it doesn't exactly. feel right, does it? Because it's those last two innings. It's those last two innings when a starting pitcher's absolutely on his knees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he <laughs> wants know, to continue because um, he's not been here. And yeah, it, it just becomes, like we say, it just puts that asterisk on more and more, doesn't it? And then... Uh, so, but it's agreed between the MLB and the MLBPA um, as yeah. of the 1st of August. So as of yesterday, this is in force and it's what we're going to be doing. We're due to play the White Sox uh, Monday and Tuesday at Miller. No word on whether that's going to happen yet. Because obviously we have this 14-day incubation period. So, you know, none of the Brewers players would have shown positive yet, would they? So no. it's, I don't know what's going to happen, but we shall we yeah. shall see. So let's talk about the, the baseball that we have seen, Mark. Uh, our super short season of six games. Yes. <laughs> um, feels a little daft to talk about the stats and things because it's such a small sample size. However, yeah. stats we shall talk about. So we're on for a 500 season. Yeah, I was going to um, say. Yeah, we I have mean, this nicely. Sorry, we have this nicely repeating pattern of loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde season, isn't it, at the moment? It is a little bit. I mean, there's been some real good standout performances. I mean, I've I've loved watching watching Woody pitch. He's been amazing. He's number one in our rotation anyway, and I think he's been showing that. Although there are some other really interesting starting pitchers I'd like to, to talk about as well. But um, yeah, Woody, five innings in the first game. Pitch, I thought pitch, he actually got the loss, but I, yeah. I thought he pitched well or better than the stats would indicate. He got five Ks in, in five innings pitched yeah. and ended up with an ERA of 3.6. It didn't feel like he'd pitched that bad to me. No, no, I think it was that game one. It seemed to me it was just a strong batting lineup from the Cubs yeah. that we lost to. Um, it didn't feel too much of a disappointment for the loss. You know, okay, we wanted to start the season well, but I think we did everything pretty much okay. I think we got a couple of double plays. Um, yeah. You know, other than the fact that we gave away two home runs, one of which was a two-run home run and one was a solo home run, yeah. we did pretty much everything else defensively okay. I think you know Woody did exactly what he needed to do. He went through five innings, which is obviously a very great council kind of starting level the bullpen came out and didn't do too much wrong I say it was just literally the the Cubs bats just managed to get those couple of hits yeah it certainly wasn't our defense that caused the problem I mean Claudio Wall and Corey Kniebel all went no hits and then Fire Eisen went for a homer as well as you yeah and um You've got to look at the positives, though. Uh, and I wrote down here that one of the positives for me was that Fire Eisen actually made his MLB debut. You know, uh, a young guy from Wisconsin. So I think he's only the 10th ever person from Wisconsin to play. Yes, for that's right. So, you know, big learning curve for him. You know, he's not going to get a better experience than that than coming out onto Wrigley Field in a, in a game that we're behind and having to try and close out. And uh, yeah, OK, he gave up a home run. But actually, the rest of it, it didn't look too bad, did he? So no, um, he you know, there's, there's, no. there's plenty of hope there. I think he looked pretty good. And, and you know, it's definitely been a positive for me that he, he made his debut. I'm with you every step of the way on that. I mean, the home run was one shot. You know, yeah. it can happen. It takes one slightly, you know, bad delivery and bang. You know, a good batter's going to uh, nail you for it. And that's yep. what happened there. You know, he went for one hit and it was, it was yeah. that. No, you would not look at him and say, you know, he, he was he contributed to the defeat. The defeat was all about the offense. Obviously, we lost 3-0. So, of course, it was about the offence. But when you look at our batting, the only wow. person who got any bat on ball was Arcia. Was Arcia went three for three, didn't he? He went and three for three, yeah. Nobody else did anything. So. Well, Arcia well, was three for three and the team was three for 30. Yeah, so we, we returned a 100 average on that game. Yeah. I mean, there's not too much you can say about that. Arcia was the only person who seemed to be at, at the park, really. The rest of them were, maybe they were rusty, I'm not too sure. We can also mention that Hendricks played pitched a particularly good game. It was a, a little bit of a frustration for me when I watched it was that we tended to chase him very early on. I mean, Hero was definitely uh, guilty of this, trying to swing at the first the first pitch and, and kind of grounding out or flying out. So we weren't putting enough pitches into his arm. So he was able to complete the, the whole nine innings and only had something like 100 and, 102 pitches throughout the entire game. So for right. me, that was a little bit disappointing. But yeah, I get it. We're we're, a, we're known at the moment for being a, a big hitting team, um, and I think they still got that mentality at the moment. I think yeah. in that in that game, I think we needed to be a little bit more savvy at the, with our at bats, and we needed to we needed players to go up and take ten pitches out of his arm, you know, foul off a few, you know, just not put it straight up in the air and allow Rizzo, Baez, whatever, to get underneath it, you know. So uh, yeah, yeah. so for me, yeah. it was it was a, a very very disappointing batting performance, but. A, a very good defensive performance 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think we swung at stuff we shouldn't have. We, you know, we could have took a lot more out of his arm than we did. So then let's move on to game two. I mean, we, we quickly forgot about that game. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and game two I really enjoyed because I watched that with the UK Cubs guy. So that was wonderful. We won this 8-3, <laughs> a far, far better uh, batting performance. Um, let's look at the pitching first. So Corbin Burns opened for us. Uh, lots and lots expected from him for the season. Lots of excitement. Again, a little bit of a mixed bag. He lasted just over three. He gave us 3.1 innings. I remember two hits and one earned run, uh, but six Ks. He, he was, I think I tweeted at the time, he was throwing heat. He was throwing fast yeah. balls. But once or twice, he, it looked to me like he was a bit erratic and he was losing control. It's a strange season. The spring training was weird or the summer training was weird this year. Maybe they just haven't got their radar right yet. But positive was he was throwing some fastballs. The negative for me was he never looked like he was in control. Yeah, and I think that's why he got pulled after three, wasn't it? And yeah, um, yeah. And so he got pulled. He got replaced with uh, Suter, didn't he? Yeah, the Raptor came on there. who yeah, actually got um, the win. And um, he gave uh, us 2.2 innings out of the pen, which I thought was yeah. really good. Yeah, he um, did really well. Um, you know what? He was again. He was unfortunate. You look at the stats in isolation. He went for three hits and went for two yeah. runs and only yeah. three Ks. But I think the difference was he looked in control of where he was putting the ball, yeah. Yeah, and that exactly. was the difference between him and Corbin Burns. I thought. Um, again, you know, he returned a six seventy five ERA, which was look the numbers are the numbers. Yeah, exactly so, right. But I thought he pitched okay. And yeah. of course, and we'll talk about the batting in a minute. But we were hitting runs as well. Yeah. So it, it felt like we were in a better place. Good to see Devin Williams come in and give us uh, and give us the innings there. Yeah, uh, he looked good, well, didn't he? Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I must admit, Phelps came out and he's impressed me so far. David Phelps again only gave us one innings there, one walk actually, but looks good and you know an exciting arm out of the pen for me. I wasn't sure uh, this year what we'd see from him, but no. um, first impressions are pretty good. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, there's there's a couple of people in that pen that we we haven't seen an awful lot of, but yeah, in that game it all seemed to all seemed to work, didn't it? It, it was yeah, yeah. was a typical Brewers game as that we're used to seeing in, in over the last two years. You know, we were scoring runs and our bullpen was was pretty much backing up the starting pitching. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. and then on the batting, it was a lot better. You yeah, team went eleven for thirty eight, which gave us a two eighty nine uh, average for that yeah. game, which, which I thought was. Uh, <laughs> pretty good much better isn't it yeah yeah and so, some notable uh things that happened obviously in that game so um sogard got the uh, first rbi he also got um two walks and two ground outs i think in his four at bats so yeah so he brought in the first runs of the year smoke hit the first home run of the year and then of course we had yelich <laughs> making history didn't we he uh <laughs> yes first first ever designated hitter to hit a home run at wrigley field how does that Brilliant. feel how does yeah. that feel? That's always going to be in Cubs history, that is. <laughs> and that's why he's the MVP. Exactly. I, I mean, obviously, we can we can talk about a bit later on how, how his form hasn't quite been up. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he's had one hit so far this year, uh, and it's been for one dinger. And, and it was a, a two-run home run, wasn't it? So yeah, um, so yeah, what else happened? Oh yeah, Gamel uh, also got um, the uh, the season's first triple for for the Brewers. Um, yes, he did. Yeah, he it was a two two RBI triple um, to make the game four one. And and obviously our man Kane, who um, who we were talking about earlier on, um, managed to get three hits. He did. Um, and and there was also that really good highlight, wasn't there, of um, of Locaine doing what he did the year before, which was uh, not being chased down on on the base pass. Oh, <laughs> that, that was, was such so a play. Good. Wasn't it? <laughs> that was. I'll tell you what. I mean, did you see that? I'm sure you did. That thing on Twitter where somebody replied that to sort of um, Keystone Cops type music. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was so good. I mean, you just look at it. And you I think, mean, how did we get away with that? <laughs> But, um, yeah, he went three for four that game, low came, which was really good. Um, yeah. And as I say, we went 289 uh, average for that game, which was our best performance by a country mile, obviously, so far. Yeah. But I think on that, what I liked about the batting was we, we didn't have, um, you know, a, a five hit innings or a five run innings. We no. scored in ones and twos, so we kept yeah. the pressure all the time. And um, apart from the first innings, obviously, when the Cubs went one up, we then never looked back. We, we no, went ahead exactly, after yeah. that and, yeah. Uh, yeah, we never looked back. So... But it was also it was also uh, interesting to see that the it riled the Cubs as well, didn't it? Because remember there was the uh, Rizzo got walked, Baez got hit by pitch. Um, yeah. Then Con- Contreras was was giving a bit of the evils as well. Did he get hit by pitch too? 
Uh, oh yeah, no, no, no. The so. hit by pitch brought in. It was all handbags at dawn, wasn't it? Yeah. It was just a little bit of a tension, maybe a bit of nervous aggression as well. I don't know. One or two hits, but it was nothing major. I mean, no. if you if you look at, was it Kelly at the Dodgers? What he did. Yeah. Oh, um, that was. I mean, that was horrendous, on. really. It was brilliant <laughs> and horrendous at the same time, but it, no. it was. I mean, I wouldn't condone that because look, it's a, it's a, it can be a very dangerous sport. But you compare that to what happened with the Brewers, and there was, there was no contest. So I think the, I think the, the Cubs were just throwing their teddies out of their pram a little bit, really. Yeah. And then are. we moved on to the third game, mate, and um, it's one we want to forget about, I suppose. We uh, lost yeah, pretty much. One. Yeah. We yeah, lost so. one. We'll, we'll, we'll very quickly talk it through, but I mean. I think there was a bit of disappointment there. Uh, obviously, yeah. it was Freddie's first time on the rotation. He came out, yeah. looked good at the start. But again, I think lost a bit of momentum, lost a bit of control. And ended up going for, for four earned runs from his three innings when he was pulled. Um, yeah. He got the loss, as you'd imagine. I don't know. Do you think the, the occasion overawed him a little bit? Possibly. Um, in my not... mark, it's a sample size of one. <laughs> There's always been that question mark over him as well, whether he would be a starter. But he's a young guy, isn't he? He's got a lot to learn. Putting him into that position is not going to make it worse for him, is it? You know, he's he's either going to learn and he's going to mature from it, or he's going to flunk and, and end up in the minors. So, you know, yeah, exactly. it's, it was a good place for him to be. You know, we we've got an um, extended contract. Was it five five years extended contract? So we've got a few years to work with him. Obviously, yeah. it's an experiment, and, and Craig Council himself has said, you know, that, that don't read too much into what our current starters are because that will change, you know. Yeah, and, and and what's a starter under Craig Council? Somebody that goes five innings, you know, he's, he's mm. never really allowed starters to go seven, eight, nine innings, is he? He he he's quite happy to keep their arms fresher. So yeah, it, I mean, it was just a bad day all round, wasn't it? Really. Um, it was really because obviously so Freddie struggled a little bit and, and I've said on this pod many times and I know you agree we love Freddie Peralta he's a great pitcher I think he's, a, yeah. he's, he's going to be a great pitcher yes. I do think he'll go, I do think he will be on our rotation maybe the rest of the season he might be in the pen but you know I do think he, he's got the, the quality to be a starting pitcher and we'll see how that goes but last thing I'm going to do is throw give him pelters I think he's a great pitcher and I'm absolutely chuffed to bits that he signed that deal with us. I think the yeah. problem that day was that, that Corey Kniebel came out afterwards and that didn't go well. Um, no, it did, he, only, did it. he only pitched point one of the innings. Okay, one one earned run, but he went for three hits. And after the shaky start, the bullpen uh, didn't really fire until Eric Lauer came out, who for yeah, me was the he was the leading light of that. Of that of yeah, that I was going to say that was that was the one positive, wasn't it? Really, yeah, two point two innings pitched, and he had six strikeouts. So did, if yeah. you think of what's that, eight batters he's faced, he struck out six of them. You know, I think we were we were mentioning before that we expected him to be part of that starting rotation. Um, so. Yeah. Those numbers would suggest that actually he's looking on course once he gets his his fitness and his, his arm up to speed. So um, I agree, and he's he a lefty also, as well. So yeah, I mean, he also he got like a, me, so I love him. Zero ERA um, as well, didn't he? <laughs> looking at that. Well, he so. did, yeah, because he, he went for one hit in two point two innings pitched, yeah. which was fantastic, considering the rest of the guys were getting hit around the park a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he gave us some solidity there, but then of course uh, Wall and Grim came out towards the end, and uh, yeah. yeah, Grim really struggled there. He you know he went for three runs off yeah. one innings pitched. And to be honest, when a team scores nine, they're going to win ninety percent of the games they play, yeah, exactly. right? Yeah. So it didn't really help that our batting was, was extremely ordinary again. Three for twenty nine, the team went again. We won't do on it too much. No. The I only think uh, well, we had three hits. Smoke, yeah. Arcia, and Gamble. But we never looked like we were in that game, mate, did we? No, exactly. And, and going from, from the, the way we performed the day before, it was just such a disappointment, wasn't it, really? It was just yeah. like, a, what what's happened overnight, you know? Because yeah. there was a lot of a lot of people that were in the, the team the day before. So there's no reason why that shouldn't have worked. But yeah, yeah and it, you know what? Well, I, really, I really fancied us that day. Certainly because yeah, we I had, didn't. was it Tyler Chatwood? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. And I really fancied us to do some damage against him, but again, we, he seemed to turn into Justin Volander overnight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he went six innings, mm-hmm. didn't he? Uh, eight strikeouts. He only had three hits against him. Ended up with a 1.5 ERA. So, um, so we left Wrigley with a 2-1 loss, which I think some Brewers fans felt was a real disaster. I didn't at all. I mean, I think the problem was that people were hurting because Yelich is clearly struggling. You know, the games that we did lose. We lost by a yard. I mean, that, that no-hitter in the first and then the 9-1, they hurt. I was okay about it. I was philosophical. To come away from Wrigley with a 2-1, I didn't think it was too bad. We didn't get exactly. swept, which was important. And then we knew that we had Pittsburgh coming up. So on the 27th, then, we played Pittsburgh and we had Doogie Hauser uh, on the mound. Yep. Who I thought pitched superbly well. 
Yeah, was that that was the first game was the rain delay, wasn't it? That was yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you gave so us had, five innings, only yeah. one earned run and one hit I think actually. He had an hour and forty-two minute rain delay, and he started the game. I think Pittsburgh changed their pitch, didn't they, after the rain delay? Whereas we continued with yeah. uh, with Hauser. Yeah, I, th- I thought Hauser did really well considering. I tell you, he pitched five innings. He went for one earned run. It was a homer, and that was the only hit he went for in five innings. Three walks and four strikeouts. So one point eight ERI. I mean, I thought it was an excellent. And of yeah, all yeah. the, you know, of the five players in our rotation, uh, when we mentioned this, when we picked our rosters a long time ago, now he was the one. I thought he would be the weak link in our rotation. What I can say at the moment is I'm wrong because he pitched superbly well. Yeah, yeah. Well, if he carries on like that, he's going to be a really good, really good start for us, isn't he? And then, of course, uh, so again, Williams come out of the uh, the bullpen. Again, it's good to see him getting some playing time. Again, we went for three runs off 1.1. So, you know, one of, one of those things. My man Josh Hader came out. Yeah, he, um, got hit. he only got one strikeout, though, didn't he? Which is uh, a little bit surprising because we expect him to go three for three, don't we? But um, yeah, no, he as well. Yeah, yeah, he one more. He also got away with one a little bit, didn't he? I, I believe. Is there a. Uh, no, nah, nah, not part hit. of the plan, mate. Yeah, there was a hit that. that kind of fell into foul territory wasn't it that that could have looked like yeah. it could have been dangerous but um Hader's Hader isn't it you know he's he's going to need a little bit of uh, game time to get his arm fully working but yeah, yeah he did exactly what he needed to do uh, it was a game that the Pirates threw away 5-1 up top of the ninth and give away give us four runs in that ninth innings um, yeah, and we eventually ninth. took it in the yeah. 11th they really handed to that that to us on a, on a plate yeah, yeah. Um, that ninth inning was just unbelievable wasn't it but again, you know, we had a team average of 200, eight hits, eight for 40 that game. Yeah. Again, nothing for Christian Yelich. We had a couple of hits there for Garcia, which was good to see him getting some bat on ball. And then the rest was spread around, really. Hura smoked Braun. Uh, Jed Jerko got a hit there. and So glad yeah. replaced Garcia at shortstop. Um, yeah, Pena didn't look too bad either, did he? And then we played the second game and we we returned the compliment we gave <laughs> yeah, exactly, that to the Pirates. Yeah. Again, we gave up a substantial lead, 6-2 up, going into the bottom of the 7th. And then the wheels the wheels fell off, really. That was Josh Lindblom's first start for us. It was good to see him take the mound. He gave us 3.2 innings before he went off with, I think it was a back strain, wasn't it? Or some kind yeah, of muscular yeah. strain. He'd only gone for two, two, uh, two runs, uh, three hits and he's 3.2. Thought he looked quite good. Yeah, I was quite impressed with him as well. Um, yeah, it's like you say, it was a, a shame he just was it uh, muscle spasms in his back or something that it was. Yeah, uh, I think so. He had come like four, yeah. Um, but yeah, three point two innings and five strikeouts again. Yeah, he looked all right. Yardley came in again, and I think he's been solid. I love watching him yes. pitch. He's one of these sub submarine pitchers, isn't he? Uh, yeah, do, oh yeah, yeah. I do. I yeah, love that. Does. Unfortunately, Brent Suter had a game to forget. Yeah. He went for four runs and one point two. Just had a bad day at the office. Corey Knievel had the blow and save. And then yep. um, poor old Bobby Wall got the loss in the end. But as I say, bottom of the seventh, the 6-2 up. And then we gave them four runs in that seventh. And then yeah. they, they took another further two in the eighth, which just, yeah. um, you know, it left us high and dry, didn't it? Yeah. So so the frustration is, is that in that the first two games of that series, both teams had managed to steal a loss from the jaws of victory. Yeah. It's pretty much how we look at it, isn't it? <laughs> Christian went 4-0. We got a few hits there. We were 5 for 26. Yeah. Uh, again, 192. So, I mean, it wasn't fantastic, but, you know, uh, hits for... So, Sogard got us a hit there. Keston, Ryan Braun again, uh, Locaine, uh, and Arcia again with our hits. So, um, we, we, we're certainly moving it around the team a little bit. We're spreading it around, ones and twos. Certainly no batters been prolific and come to the fore, right. have they, so far? no. And so when it came to the, the third game, I didn't really know what to expect, mate, to be honest. No, uh, the fact no, I, that we threw I was a actually shot more was nervous. Really yeah, I was actually more nervous with the third game because obviously mm. it's not being arrogant, but we expected to go to Pittsburgh and win the series. And obviously going yeah. to the last game, we could have ended up our road trip, our opening road trip with a with a two and four records, which yeah. we didn't expect, yeah. you know. So, um, so yeah. yeah, so it was a good good solid last game and actually I, it brought a little bit of kind of uh, optimism back to me because um, Woodruff took the mound again didn't he um, and he um, yeah he, he was awesome pitched 6.1 innings 10 strikeouts basically one hit only one walk as well uh, yeah and only one walk with an ERA of 1.59 so you know he he did exactly what you'd expect from a starter um, yeah. came in and controlled and uh, yeah we, we managed to get ourselves into a position sort of in you that you know what Mark innings. for me the thing that really really impressed me about that Woody was awesome absolutely yeah. you know 6.1 was as many as many innings as a starter's pitch for us in a while I think 
and just go for one hit was superb. But then the bullpen came out and totally supported the hard work he'd done. Yeah. And so again, you know, David Phelps came in. Okay, he only pitched point two, but he looked solid again. Uh, yeah. Two strikeouts in those uh, yeah. in, in that, which I thought was awesome. Two up, two down, wasn't it? Yeah. Two up, two down. Yeah. Again, we saw Devin Williams come in. Um, for an innings, uh, no hits, just the one strikeout. And then, of course, so they both got a hold, didn't they? And then yeah. um, Josh Hader comes in, fish, bosh, dosh, gets, gets the save, save the yeah. first of many. Yeah, the first so, save of 2020. Uh, yeah. That was the thing for me. It was just a support. It was a, it was a, uh, look, it was a shutout game. So, of course, it was a good pitching performance. But, you know, the batting was six for 32 there, uh, 187. So poor again. We've got our runs in what, the top of the third, top of the sixth? Was it a hero? Keston Hero got a... Yeah, Hero got one, Garcia got one, and so did Ben Gamble. Yeah, it was Gamble got the home run, wasn't it? Hero got a home run. But, you know, it wasn't about the bat that night, was it? We got a few. Right. Uh, that, that said, I've really I've enjoyed watching Ben Gamble bat. You know, he's looked good. Yeah, I mean, he's at the moment... Okay, I say I've watched him bat, but then you look at the stats and he's 3 for 12. So you wouldn't go, well, that's not phenomenal. But, you know, he's, he's batting at 250. Believe it or not, in our current lineup, that's joint third. So the top is Arcea, as you'd expect, but only because of the first game. And he's now five for 14. Three of those were in his first outing against yep. the Cubs. And then second is Lorenzo, who's gone five for 18. Giving him a yeah, two I was going to say, he's yeah. started well this Absolutely year. Obviously, right. we needed him to, to increase his bat. And I think, they, obviously, the, the first series, they started him batting at eighth, didn't they? And then brought him up yeah. to seventh. And yeah. then in this series, they actually brought him in to, to lead off, didn't they? He's the for lead a off bit. hitter, wasn't he? Yeah. That lead-off hitter, he, he's the guy who needs to get on base, right? Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah. From your lead-off yeah. hitter. And five for 18. I'd prefer to see Lorenzo in that in that position. Um, yeah, at the moment, he's, he's second. Not that there's much to, to sort of write home about. Our, our total batting was 36 for 195, if you like. The big the big story is obviously the form of Christian Yelich at the moment, who's 1 for 27. I mean, it's a temporary thing, right? I, I've, I've yeah. tweeted many times that, you know, class is permanent and form is a temporary thing. I don't know whether he's just got some issues at the moment, whether the whole COVID thing's getting on top of him, whether he's just frightened about that, or uh, whether, yeah, it's, whether it's just a good old-fashioned downturn in his form. These things happen. Yeah, it could be, couldn't it? You know, um, and and the the thing is, is it's a short season this year, so he hasn't got long to turn it round. Whereas yeah. most other years, yeah, you have a downturn, you've got a bit of time to turn it round. But you know, you you'd hope it's not come from the uh, the ex- the contract extension and the added pressure that maybe comes from that. I know that that's possibly what happened to Shaw last year because obviously we'd had him on on a fairly cheap contract until he was due um, through free agency to get paid. So we we upped his contract. I think he at least trebled his money. I think he, he went from something like nine hundred thousand a year to two point one million, didn't he? And then yeah. really struggled for the year, which was was a bit sad to see. Um, so whether the contract has has made it added some pressure to him and and it's kind of taken him off his game. You know, at the end of the day, he's a he's an MVP. He will work it out and he yep. will be back. Yeah, I agree. I'm not worried. It's a tough start, that's all. I mean, he's, he's had mo- more at-bats than anyone at the moment. He's had 27 at-bats in his six games. Yeah. So Craig Council's giving him a chance to work through it, isn't he? He's giving him plenty of game yep. time, as you would. He's our, he's our best player by a mile. He will come good. It's just a matter of time. But we left PNC 3-3, three and three, obviously, yeah. in, the, in the season, not against them. So we won no, that. 2-1 no. against the Cubs. We won 2-1 against the Pirates, which I thought... Considering how we'd batted was a pretty good return, mate, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, so, um, um, yeah, no, and I actually asked the question on Twitter whether prior to the season starting with the six game away road trip, would you be happy? Would you have taken a three and three? I think it was a, a sample of 98 people answered, and I think it was 72% said yes. So, um, and, and I'm very much of that opinion. When you're playing away, if you can come away with a 0.50 record, um, then you've done well. And it's obviously Miller Park is where we, we need to pick up a few extra wins. So if we can finish the season just above 0.50, we should be in the playoffs uh, or the yeah. postseason. So, yeah, I think it was a it was we've we've got away with a, an OK start from not overperforming basically so if it clicks we could be a threat but there's still plenty to work on at the moment okay mate so it is that time in the pod where we have to go to fantasy land mate uh sprue us through the ages top trumps uh i believe from memory mate that it's the fifth innings top of the fifth let's get over to the ballpark
Okay then, so top of the fifth innings, Mark. Five nil to you. I don't think you needed to be reminded of that. I'm sure you might go to bed and tell your wife about the score. Oh yeah, she's so excited. <laughs> but I have to say, we've been doing some serious training. We've been messing about uh, up until now. This time, we're going to play some serious ball. So Fair are you enough. ready? I am ready. I'm. Uh, okay. I'm just, you know, sticking with my tactic of, of just turning those corkscrews slowly. I think. So I'm generating myself a random year. 2012 which is a new one 2012 yeah we've not had that one yet okay oh it was a winning season was a winning season 0.512 excellent yeah it finished third out of six in the nl central yeah 83 and 79 season it's not bad is it no it's not bad at all not bad at all Oh, Attention is palpable. Eagerly anticipating this. 1986. 1986, right. So, uh, yeah, I had a losing season. So, uh, we only played 161 games that year and we finished with a 0.478. I finished 6 out of 7 in the AL East. And your randomly generated pitching number is 3. Number 3. Okay. I think I could pronounce this guy's name. <laughs> Go for it. So I'll tell you who I've got first, if you like. I've got yeah, Mike Fires, or F- yeah, it's pronounced Fires, as in yeah, Fires. Fire. Yeah. yeah, Mike Fires, pitcher, uh, right-handed pitcher. Pitcher of a million Oakland A's hat on, but clearly played for the Brewers as well during uh, during the year that I've picked. Uh, has a nickname as well, which has pleased me enormously. Um, <laughs> his nickname is Kai, as in Carp. Oh, K-A-I. Right. So, uh, K-A-I, right, fair enough. Yeah. I've got somebody that played in the 1988 World Series, mate. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, next week. <laughs> so I've got uh, Tim Leary. He's pictured here with uh, an L.A. Dodgers cap on. Um, I'm not sure when he played for the L.A. Dodgers. He probably ended his career there or oh, no, he did. He played for the Dodgers after he played for Milwaukee. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he was uh, a silver slugger. Was in the 1988 World Series, so no nickname, unfortunately, uh, from Santa Monica in California. So I think I know where he is, where he's from. I think I can get that on a map, and I can probably pronounce his name properly. So yeah, wins. That's a good start. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, By the way, Mike Fires is from Hollywood. Hollywood. Hollywood, but it does say Hollywood, Florida. (laughs) Right. Okay. (laughs) So uh, yeah. So I'm going to pitch to you. I'm going to pick. Strikeouts, 953. Oh, you've got that one, 888. One strike to you. I'm going to play whip, walks and hits per innings pitched at 1255. And I have 1411. The lower's better. Yep. Two strikes. That's a second strike. Two strikes. Come on, Mike Fires. <laughs> Relight my fire. I'm going to play War Wins Above Replacement at 11.0. And I have 12.0. Oh, how close was that? Just. One or two def- strike. Okay. Defended that plate. Defended that plate. It did. It did. <laughs> Game started. 186. 224. Two balls, two strikes. Oh, bringing the, bringing the on, count on. back. Bringing the Come count on, back. <laughs> okay. Career wins. 69. 78. Always brought back to a full count. Get in for being two down. <laughs> Three balls, two strikes. I really need to strike you out, mate. This game is running away from me. Let me think. This is a big, big decision. Big decision. I don't know where to go on this one. I'm going to pick I'm going to pick losses and hope that I've got a lower number than you. <laughs> yep. Losses 59. Oh, he struck me out 105. Oh, go on. <laughs> Strike out for you. Brought it back. Oh, it so you were a lowly 5, which yeah. is five more than me, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know, you could you could get a few more back now. If I don't get them back soon, I think we'll be shaking hands on this one. <laughs> okay, let's see then. So we are now going to the bottom of the fifth. 
and your randomly generated year, mate, is 2000. The year 2000. So, another losing season for me. Finished with a 0.451, third in the NL Central that year, with 73 wins and 89 losses. Played 163 games that year. Interesting. And your randomly generated pitching number is two. And my randomly generated year is 1975, which I think has been quite a popular year, actually. Hasn't it, it has. I've had it twice. So uh... oh, Actually, no, 1970. Oh, oh, no, I haven't had 1975. My randomly generated pitching number is three. Okay, so. Okay, hang on a minute. I'm just waiting for my, my iPad to catch up. So okay, so I'll up. tell you about my picture in the meantime then. So a guy called Jim Colborn, right arm pitcher, born May 22nd, 1946, Santa Pola, California. And One times all-star. You might be uh, in the lead for this one. Uh, I've got Jamie Wright, who was born Christmas Eve, 1974 in Oklahoma City. And that's pretty much all the stats I have for him, other than his career summary. So, okay. Don't know an awful lot about him. He uh, he's wearing a Colorado Colorado Rockies hat in his picture, so uh, I'm guessing he uh, he is majorly known for being a Colorado Rocky. So the score is still five nil to the UK Brew Crew. Bottom of the fifth, Mark. You're yep. about to pitch. I am about to pitch. So I'm going to go. I'm going to start with uh, games 719. Wow. 301. Strike. Strike. Okay, with that then, I think I might go for strikeouts of 1,189. 688. Strike. Strike two. Do we just go for the three straight straight down the middle? Just go for the jugular. Yeah. Innings pitch, 2,036.2. 1,597. That's it. Ah, three strikes. Three pitches, three strikes. <laughs> you know, I was looking at his stats there, and I thought I had a chance. Um, he had a whip of 1.311, which isn't brilliant, but I thought that might be yeah, awesome. better. better than my whip. <laughs> yeah. And a war of nearly 16. Yeah, my war was only 9.2. I was kind of ah, looking at it thinking... If yeah. I'd have been pitching, those are the ones I'd have picked. Yeah, anyway. exactly, exactly. I just had to go with the fact that he's played an awful lot of games. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, you play yeah. to your strengths, mate. Exactly. So that's the bottom of the fifth. UK Brew Crew five. Josh Hader's hair. Nil point. Nil point. Mm, <laughs> suffering, mate. We're suffering. You are. That, that seventh inning stretch can't come fast enough for us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so listen, Mark, we'll do it again next time for the top of the sixth. I'll see you then. See you then. When are we going to start? Well, yeah. maybe you're just doing a typical Brewers performance. You're going to come back from behind in the ninth inning, maybe, yeah? Oh, <laughs> mate, I hope so. I really hope so. There could be some trades on the cards if this don't, uh, if this doesn't yeah. improve. But uh, yeah. not even Kai could help me. No, don't know whether he needs to take a lesson from the Astros, maybe, and start doing some uh, dustbin lid bashing or something. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, Mike Fires, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's the uh, whistleblower, isn't he? So, um, yeah, making a name for himself at the moment. Never mind, mate. So, listen, it's still 5-0. Um, we've got four innings, say we, I have got four innings left to uh, to try and recover on this. But mm, let's see what happens. OK, then, buddy. So, uh, we kicked off the inaugural UK stroke US Milwaukee Brewers uh, fantasy uh, leagues. Well, back in March, wasn't it? We think we yeah, had the well, draft. Yeah, we did the draft well before uh, anything went down, didn't we? So uh... right, yeah. So it's good to see that kicking in. So let's have a look. As we record now, we've I think tonight's game is the last game in this series, and then the first yeah. the first game is complete. Then so quick score check on that. So we've got the Birmingham Hydrites leading the the Croydon Cobras, who's Chris Biggs's team. 373 to 258. Newport Ironsides, which is Callum, against the South Bank Sliders, uh, which is Craig Herring's team. Yeah. Uh, the Ironsides are 442 to 301, so they're quite comfortable on that. 
We then got Troy at the Team Wish Sports Fan and 295 against AW at Team Yelly Hits at 389. So, yep. again, substantial lead there for Team Yelly Hits. And then um, Zachary of the Milcargo Brew Sox, 316 against your good self, mate, at 339. So, yeah, yeah. to play for in that game yeah, tonight, I think. Yeah, it's very, very close. And, and actually, going through the whole week, it's, it's kind of gone, uh, Zach's taking the lead, I've taken the lead, Zach's taking the lead back again, I've taken the lead back again. It's, yeah. it's been quite a hard-fought hard fought round. Um, it seems that my tactic of going pitch-heavy doesn't seem to be paying off too well because I'm not killing off um, with any hits, but the, the pitching seems to be holding up. So, yeah, I, I think tonight's round is going to be crucial. I think I've got two starting pitchers coming in and then that's my 19 pitch limit so yeah so i need to get some hits to back those up and hope that the uh, the pitchers actually do their job and don't give away runs and stuff so uh, yeah it's going to be an interesting one so i think that's that's probably the only one that's probably going to be decided tonight the rest of them all look uh, fairly comprehensive don't they so they do at the moment yeah, yeah. I mean, 100 points is a hell of a lot to try and reclaim in one game yeah yeah it? so uh, we shall see but yeah, the closer play of those games, we'll have the first the first set of results in. Okay then, mate, so before we sign off today, uh, we put a tweet out to all the, the Milwaukee Brewers fans out there on Twitter uh, about what, what our bucket list should look like, mate. We mentioned it at the start of the pod, and I believe you've had some really interesting engagement so far. Yeah, yeah, we've had some really good, really good um, feedback. So, yeah, so the idea behind this really is at some point, me and you are going to go to Miller Park. We're going to hopefully spend a week watching baseball and drinking beer and doing whatever you have to do to uh, to be a proper Brewers fan. Um, mm-hmm. not, not proper Brewers fans, we just can't do the game day experience. So, yeah, so I really wanted to, to start kind of putting together a bucket list or, or an itinerary of, of what we need to look at when we look at coming over because we're only going to be there possibly for a week maximum there's going to be a lot to fit in and uh, to get sort of input so that we don't end up losing time because I went in 2017 I didn't do an awful lot of research I'd only really started following baseball only a couple of years before so there wasn't very much that I kind of looked into um, and the next time I go I want to make sure I get the ultimate brewers experience so that's that's the kind of thinking behind it and that's why i I put the tweet out about you know what's the ultimate game day so um obviously the the first thing that everybody says about uh the brewers and miller park is tailgating so it looks like no matter what time the, the game starts we have to get there two hours early because we have to start drinking some beer in the parking lot we have to start cooking some food and we have to play a game called cornhole so um ever played cornhole before I haven't. No, I've seen it around. It's a kind of a beanbag game, and you've got this inclined board yeah, with a hole so in it, haven't you? And then you a have bit to like, sort of... a bit similar to Toad in the Hole over here. Have yeah. You played that over here? <laughs> or is that I a have, very I've, soft... e- I've eaten Toad in the Hole. I've never yeah, played yeah. it. So there's a big debate, isn't there? Is it cornhole or is it bags? And I think there's lots of opinion Either on that. Way. Yeah, I know but, the game yeah. you mean. Yeah, looks great. So, yeah. We need to get to the 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 ballpark two hours before so that we can start drinking and eating and playing cornhole so um i'm up for that mate i'm all over yeah, that i was gonna say so so the biggest food obviously that um that was suggested is brat now these are just brat versus sausages so that's how we know them they're uh, german sausages and the I, I found out last night, actually, just purely because I bought some for uh, for grilling today, um, that you need to boil them in beer for 20 minutes before you put them on a barbecue. So, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, a bit of uh, chopped onion, a bit of beer and a bit of water. Boil them up. That cooks the sausage. And then you just crisp them up on the flame afterwards. So uh, I'm looking forward to trying that a bit later on. I've also got some sauerkraut to try with it as well. So I'm um, going to go full Wisconsinite, you know, kind of full level. So, uh, yeah. Sausage is cooked in beer. Oh, yeah. that sounds awesome. You know what? On one hand, it sounds brilliant. And on the other hand, I'm thinking, but why would you waste the beer? Yeah, yeah there is that. That's I my mean, dilemma. <laughs> according, according to uh, what I looked up after it was suggested to me last night, you get a 12-ounce bottle of beer and two, two ounces of it is used to cook the sausage and then you drink the rest. So it's right. not all bad. It's not all bad. So I'm okay. going to have to open a beer later on for my brats, unfortunately. <laughs> I can work with that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ditto. So, um, so yeah. So then, then I wanted to know what sort of beer we need to be looking at. I mean, obviously, Miller Park is uh, sponsored by Miller Coors, and uh, Miller Light is their their premium beer, isn't it? There's the one that they advertise the most, and and what most people would consider drinking. Now, the, the big problem is, is Miller Light you can't get in this country. I've looked everywhere because I wanted to try and get some just so I could have some for a game. But um, yeah, unfortunately, they don't they don't sell it in the UK. So we're obviously going to have to try a bucket load of that just to to try it out 
yeah just for research purposes yeah yeah obviously obviously but one thing that i did find out in 2017 when i went over was there was another beer called spotted cow which is also a local wisconsin beer um i'm not sure what the brewery is but um yeah i i drunk far far too much of that whilst i was there um and it was a really good beer i think um when you go to the uh the bars down in um east, i think it's east brady street um a lot of them sell uh, spotted cow on tap but i also in my hotel room I'd, I'd bought a case of it uh so i had a load of bottles in the in the fridge for when i was sitting there watching the uh the mlb highlights in the evening on my own so uh yeah so uh so plenty spotted of cow spotted right. cow yeah um but then the other one that, that i really enjoyed and this was um this was something that uh i i stumbled across uh stumbled across accidentally because they have people that that kind of sell cans of beer out of a out of an ice pack in the stand so i didn't actually have to go very far for this but um i started drinking some milwaukee brewing company um hop happy which is about seven and a half percent and i didn't realize it was about seven and a half percent by the time i drunk four of them whilst watching the game so i was feeling a little bit tipsy by the time uh, i'd stopped drinking these um but yeah it was a particularly nice um a sort of very ipa type of beer so um yeah they sound so, wicked mate yeah. and i've got to say i mean I, I like a good ipa the problem in the uk i don't know if you found this a lot of the so-called ipas are just like dishwater uh, they're not very hoppy they're not yep. very strong Whereas if you have an American IPA, an APA, if you like, an AIPA, yeah. American IPA, generally they're superb. There's some yeah, yeah. really, really good ones out yeah, there. They're strong, think is, really is hoppy. Fun, but yeah, so the, we've got plenty of beer that we need to try. So um, yes. but yeah, so I think one of the things that comes from that is is that actually, and we'll we'll talk about this at maybe another time, is that we probably need to do a brewery tour somewhere. Yes. Because there are plenty of craft beer makers in, in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. And uh, yeah, we'll have, we'll have to try one of these tasting sessions. <laughs> I think to make it a fully rounded experience, that's essential, isn't it? You can't yeah. go to uh, Wisconsin and not at least go to a brewery. That just doesn't make sense, well, does no, it? Exactly. So, it's like uh, going to Paris yeah. and not visiting the Eiffel Tower. You just can't do it. Well, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. So, um, so, so far, you... we've got cornholes, brats and beer. So no yeah. surprises so far, mate, on this one. No. No. And what about where we should sit in the in the ground? Well, this is this is the other good question, isn't it? Because uh, obviously the best kind of position where you'll see pitching, if you sit down in the lower levels, I can't remember off the top of my head where I sat because because I sat in two different places um, and this was was told to me uh, in the responses. So I still have my electronic ticket from when I went. So I know. So uh, I went into the lower section. I know that was the uh, the bleachers. That one this one so yeah it was the LA Dodgers so I sat in section 117 which you might actually recognize so um do you know of a kind of almost celebrity fan that we have uh front row Amy no I don't know her? right okay so she's um a bit of a kind of a celebrity Brewers fan uh, she has two season tickets down on the very front row of that section 117 I think it is and you'll be able to see her on most games um, mm-hmm. she kind of sits slightly to the left of the batter in the front row she um, she attends pretty much every game or, or a vast majority of the games and then she se- actually sells her seat through a website and does some donations to charity or something uh, and you can actually sit in her seats so yeah so that section there is where i sat for my very first game and honestly it was immense sitting there to be able to see sort of from behind from what the batter's looking at of, of a pitch that's coming in at 99 miles an hour it was phenomenal in the club level up in the uh, the 300s obviously that would be a lot higher up you get to see more of the field um but you're you're less likely to see the uh, the curve of the ball as it's pitched and then the other place where i sat which is the bleachers now obviously from the safety regulations last year um with the extension of the nets now bleachers is probably the only place where you're likely to catch a home rumble it's good fun absolutely fantastic so please keep those coming in because uh, me and mark need to keep a list of all these things we need to do places you need to see things you need to eat and drink um when we do visit milwaukee and, and wisconsin so thanks for those that have replied so far please keep them coming in uh, we are noting them all down and we're going to try and do every single one i don't know if that's possible <laughs> You never know. We might even be able to record a live podcast whilst at a game. <laughs> I think that's definitely going to happen, mate. Brilliant. OK, then. So, yeah, we're going to sign off now, Mark. Um, it's been great talking to you uh, as ever. Just a quick shout out to uh, a friend and one of the guys in the UK uh, baseball community, Carl Morgan. 
Carl's a uh, Tampa fan, but we're not going to hold that against him. Thanks for listening to the to the pod, Carl. I know you listen every time, and um, you know we're all about UK baseball, Mark. And we've said this from day one, haven't we? We're um, we want to promote the whole sport of baseball within the yeah. UK. So yeah, uh, definitely. It's great and that fans, other than Brewers fans, are uh, are tuning in to listen. And actually, that's that's just reminded me of a, of another tweet that I sent out last night. Um, there's also two um, Brewers France twitter accounts so there's at mm-hmm. brewers france and at brewers fr so obviously if you want to have a, a french conversation about baseball then uh, look them up follow them interact um, and that's basically what we're all about isn't it promoting and interacting and and enjoying brewers baseball so yeah okay. look them up yeah absolutely thanks for that buddy okay so Listen, guys, thanks for listening. Please keep the tweets coming in. Please keep the the comments, uh, the likes, whatever, uh, coming in. We do appreciate the feedback. We're going to sign off now and hope that next time we talk to you guys, we'll have some more Brewers baseball uh, results to talk about. And uh, we'll talk about how amazing Christian Yelich is suddenly doing um, <laughs> after the shaky start. So we're going we're gonna to sign off now. From me, Sean, at Hayes Hair on Twitter, and from Mark, at UK Brew Crew himself. We're going to wish you all a safe week ahead and we'll speak to you real soon. Mark, thanks for your time, buddy. Thank you very much, Sean. I'll speak to you again soon. You certainly will. Go Brewers. Go Brewers. Brewers.